0: Welcome back to RCR podcast, connection problems, whatever. <laughs> so I have a lighting kit that's uh, upstairs I still didn't mess with yet. Because Greg thinks we can get this piano, which is over there, out of here with just us. I think he wanted to try tomorrow. Can't remember, though. That thing must weigh 800 pounds. Hmm. He said the, that we'll, we'll get it out like they built the pyramids one inch at a time. So I don't know if it would be an all-day thing. Because we just finished writing the review, not, not Monday's review, but the Monday after. It's the first time we pre-wrote a, a review in a while. Yeah, in a while, and it is very
1: different for me in the sense that so much of my stuff is motivated by having the facts and figures in front of me beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh I can get general facts and figures about the car we're doing but until we actually talk to the owner I can't know what the specifics about his or her car will be in that moment. So in that sense we almost have to write in a very generalized way at first and then if there are any specifics we can fill them in after the fact but it's good to kind of have that idea in mind to sort of create create a narrative and then come into the shoot with an, at least an idea but not like a preconceived notion
0: yeah i mean it's a vehicle we did a version of it once before but i think it was just a euro version which that people who know the show would probably already figure it out I still didn't go to Staples and buy a whiteboard right here. Although that auction place, I think I'm going to go there after. Did you see the auction place? Uh, no. Do you want to go after that? Well, or do you mean the
1: auction place that's by the, the the ice cream? No, 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 I didn't see it.
0: No. Okay. It's um, it's, it's one of those silent auctions where you just write down the name there's little yellow cards attached to everything in the auction and you write down what your bid is and go home and then they'll send you an email if you win that's pretty nice that's that's where these two tables came from five bucks each wow it's like no one wanted them so and it and you know what it really beats going to yard sales because the thing i hate about yard sales is dealing with the yard sale guy like that's good you should buy that Fuck off
1: yeah people try, yeah they try too hard to sell you on it it's like
0: kiosk uh, you're guy trying too bar. hard yeah nah, and then like like swap meets and stuff like that it's like what are you a 1930s carnival barker but then like you can mouth off to the guy but then you got to make a but you're you're going to make a few more laps around the place yeah. and then run into like them like oh hey it's the smart guy and Ooh. then you just get into it with someone so it's like if if you want to go to uh, if you want to go to like and buy like used stuff, but you don't want to interact with people. The bid board is great. I still need to get a desk to replace the buffet table that I've been using for a desk, so I can get an extra foot or two in this room because um, you can see how far the i'll just turn the camera so you can see how far this thing is from the that's the editing i like literally i edit all of the rcr videos on the fade table but it sits so far away from the wall because the table's too big to interact to it, it gets in the way of radiator and also the pipes that are running inside and also because I have such a big monitor um I can't have the monitor like right in front of me I have to put it away from me so there's a tiny little table behind the big table with like two of the legs of the monitor just sitting on it so I can get a few more inches so what I need is a 36 by 46 inch table so that's like four feet by three feet something like that Mm, yeah something like that they're 36 by 48 or something like that which they don't make but maybe there'll be something almost at the auction place yeah just get close enough wall mount the monitor yeah but i don't have studs this is an old building it's lathe plaster and lathe and mm. that's a heavy monitor ain't gonna work
1: yeah I, I mean i keep forgetting kind of how old the architecture is just because it doesn't it feels traditional, but I wouldn't say it feels old. Yeah, all
0: the rooms are a weird size in here. But it sure beats the apartment. Yeah. Did the apartment have anything going for it apart from price? It was very quiet.
1: It's almost like it had sound insulation because of the carpets.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah, it's boomy in here, all hardwood. Yeah. But, hey, eh, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah. I was reading the news and apparently uh, Carvana got kicked out of Michigan.
0: You read what about they the, uh i saw some like recommended videos why what uh, happened no
1: because apparently there were a bunch of um issues that came out in an investigation of them that you know delays on forking over titles um some shenanigans with odometers um which i mean you can't be doing that you just can't and so they got their license revoked in michigan and now carvana is reaching out through email to people in michigan to get them to sign a petition to get their license reinstated which i mean to what extent is carvana even like do they have that kind of reach because i don't even see ads for them that much i mean it's mostly sort of a carfax
0: or a you I know. can't believe how much money I got for my car. You know, That's that, that of sort thing. of stuff. Just like the Amazon ads are the, the only ad when I get ads for Amazon, like you should work at Amazon. They just say they have this uh, PO. <laughs> they have this female person of color saying that the the pay is awesome. And then like a bunch of happy like corporate music and then just Amazon now hiring. Yeah, just it's like. We're not going to talk about the work environment. We're going to not talk about the mental health it's going to cost you. But hey, you get paid. It's sort of like that. And with Carvana, look, I dumped my Carvana stock almost a year ago because like, oh, you're making a lot of money, but your stock isn't going anywhere, and you're not paying a dividend. So like, huh, interesting. And then there were a bunch of Jalopnik articles about how the car they got really wasn't represented that well, and it had problems, and it was overpriced, and yeah yeah
1: it's that whole idea of oh we're gonna for the like most of those services i find you're just better off going on marketplace or somewhere else and just finding it yourself rather than having this like intermediary type place that you don't even know it's just gonna like if you have a friend who knows cars or anything like that knows anything about the market or even if you don't i almost feel like being your own advocate is the way to go rather than relying on other people, but, or relying on companies rather. Yeah. But, cause the used car
0: market is volatile enough as it is. Jess says, I'm a poster child for how to not Carvana. Cause I know Jess bought her Prius at Carvana and was very nice. She said the buying experience was good, but she also got it like years ago. Like maybe when Carvana was trying. Uh-huh. And maybe during the pandemic, They got a whole bunch of business and expanded and uh, like a good restaurant that gets really, really popular really quick. You know, the quality just falls in the toilet. Well, yeah, because now they're trying
1: to keep up with demand while keeping costs low. And I mean, the better a restaurant is, I mean, the presumption there is that they're using a lot of high cost, high quality stuff Mm -hmm. but then once which is fine when you're at a certain level but once you explode then it's like well shit
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. there's also this youtuber warped perception who did took a i want to say it was a tesla model 3 or it might have been an s um for 1600 miles without plugging in because they put a little um gasoline powered oh a generator yeah uh, i don't think it was yeah i think it was a generator or something along those lines but it's just where the cargo area would normally be in the back and you know they just have it sort of mounted on there and
0: it's just really interesting to me for no other reason than that how much power is that generator kicking out because most of them are just 110 which means you could only drive that thing about 30 miles a day hmm for that thing to charge back up overnight on 110 unless unless somehow they got something that's kicking out 220 at 30 kicking out uh 220 volts at 30 31 amps Mm. in which case okay you can drive it quite a bit like that yeah because i picked the hikers up this morning and just got back my miles in an hour with on the level two charger now i mean the the nairos out there just getting its hit and it'll probably be done, you know, when we get back in the bid board, it's like, oh wait, no, if, if we go to the bid board, I'm taking the Nairo, but yeah, I ha, I now charge, it's it's just like uh, the guy from uh, technology connection said, like you will charge up your car every couple of days.
1: Yeah, it's so wild to me that you pick up the hikers in the Nairo considering the high risk of them smelling bad
0: yeah and it's like a nicer car than most the thing is i'm more protective of the forerunner i have to really crank that thing down because it wants to sag i'm more protective of the uh forerunner kind of than i am the and than i am of the nairo even though the nairo is twice as expensive because the forerunner is like that which cannot be replaced you, i have a very very clean third gen yeah so the idea of messing that up you know, hikers scratch their trekking poles on the back of my forerunner. I get all, Ugh. but uh, people poke around in the Nairo. I'm like, eh, it's an and car, it's and transportation, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Mm. What are you going to do? I curbed one of the wheels and I'm like, oh, in a very Jerry Seinfeld way. It's like, oh, that's a shame. Whatever, <laughs> moving on. Um, of course, also, you know, I'm picking up hikers to make money. So I have cash so I can tip really well. Just throw down a 20 to Chris at the coffee shop and just say, Here you
1: go. There you go. Keep change. Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. Charlie Matthews says, Dude, take that thing off the road. You buy a forerunner and take it off the road. <laughs> my forerunner is like a, an asphalt queen. I'm proud to be so. Yeah, it'll go. Like, I'm probably going to have to use it to pick up, you know, right when we were leaving the coffee shop, my phone rang again. It was more hikers. Um, and, uh, they wanted to go the week, like not next week, but the week after. And there's this one place where I wish I could take my Nairo, but it has no shoulder and you're pulling off like into a ditch. And a Nairo just doesn't have the ground clearance to do that because it has a battery yeah. pack slung underneath. And it's, and it's a great place. Like the more hills, the better for an electric car because you can just jam right up them and just regen brake all the way back down. I love it. But the forerunner hates hills and it hates going up hills and it hates descending hills on like on a road where it has to like make speed off road oh that thing when it's just first second gear that thing rules um uh thoughts on new edge mustangs well nick drives one Yeah. Um, very nice. I mean, well, I mean
1: (laughs) very nice in a limited sense. I, the nicest new edge mustang ever drove was when we were in, um, at Mount St. Helens and the one guy showed up in his SN 95. Yeah. The black one with the convertible. Mm -hmm. And it was just like so clean interior, but it also, was smooth in a way betty really hasn't been in a very long time Mm. but i mean it's also it felt younger than it probably was and Mm so you know it speaks to being away from pennsylvania conditions but also presumably speaks to people who have more time and i guess you know maintenance money which Mm -hmm. is important but I mean, because not everyone who has new Edge Mustangs necessarily treat them as daily drivers. Although, strangely enough, in my area, tons of people do. It's just very common daily in my little section of PA. And I'm not sure how common that is, but in other places, I mean, it seems like it's almost rare enough for people to want to comment and say, Hey, that's nice, mm-hmm. you know, which is just always never not odd to me, mm-hmm. but that's mostly because it's become so commonplace and normal to me mm-hmm. to just sort of have it that it doesn't strike me as anything that would impress anybody.
0: Yeah. So, eh. but we're moving farther and farther away from the early two thousands. True we were talking about that it's so the next giveaway car it's coming out on Monday and it's also something from the early 2000s because one that's where the bargains are and two that's where nostalgia is kicking in uh i keep asking uh, bernhardt when can we do an mr2 again because i want to do it th- just for the idea of having a, a third gen mr2 for my own for a little bit um they still allow plug-in. Okay, people are talking about, they're going to ban gasoline cars in these cities, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, more like banning poor people. People with money can make the switch. People without, well, you're going to take public transportation, aren't you? <laughs> um. So there you go. No dice. I mean, maybe they'll get it maybe there'll be a million exceptions that if you you pay a certain fee you can have it or you pay you pay a uh, an internal combustion fee yeah so
1: internal combustion fee that's like some ticketmaster nonsense yeah of like i think like the blink 182 reunion shows that are going to be happening apparently like okay so it's two hundred dollars for tickets or something and then it gets boosted by like another 200 just from ticket master fees and everything wow. so it's a complete and utter racket for what a lot of people are saying i've read a lot online about how like blink 182 is fine band they've had their hits and everything, but as a live show that it's not really all that great. Mm. And it makes me wonder in terms of like, there is a contrast between being a great studio band and being a great live band. And I don't know that a lot of bands are necessarily both, but that you can, um, max out your money almost by being a really great live band because that touring is where a lot of artists make their money yeah so and especially now with like nostalgia kicking in big time so that you know you have a lot of 90s acts going out there and making bank just on like we're gonna play all the songs that were on you know freaking the the first now that's what I call music album or whatever from 98 of where, you know, you got your Harvey danger, you got your fastball, you
0: got your ever clear. Um, yeah, that was the first thing I heard about when fastball, when I listened to them in high school, like someone said, yeah, they're a great band, but they just do not bring the energy live. Mm. Exceptions to that for me has, has always been Ben folds. Oh, Ben folds. Yeah. Great live. Great on the album. Andrew WK. Of course, you don't listen to Andrew WK for music quality until you get to his most recent thing that was released during the pandemic. That is fantastic. So obviously great live, but yeah, when I need motivation on the treadmill, I just go to my man, Andrew Wilkes Crier.
1: You know, I was surprised to find out his great live, mm -hmm. uh, Freaking Aaron Lewis from Stained like the what was stain's hit um it's been a while oh
0: yeah they also
1: had the song outside um which sort of blew up when uh it's funny i was watching him tell the story about it where um he went out on he was like meddling around backstage because he was one of the opening acts for like the limp biscuit um
0: tour the family values tour oh that reminds and, like, the me i got to text justin I do not, we were looking at cars the other day for giveaway cars and there was one that was all done up like limp, like it's a, I called it the limp biscuit mobile. And I'm like, please, I cannot say a kind thing about that, (laughs) texting him right now. Please don't buy the limp. I don't know, they spelled it in a very early 2000s, 90s way. Limpis Git.
1: Yeah, it was Biz Kit, K I T. Yeah, that's kind of what I've sort of recognized. Someone mentioned, you know, oh, didn't Aaron Lewis put out a wah, people disrespecting the flag track? It's like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of finding out, but that doesn't really surprise me but i was still very impressed to find out that he essentially wrote outside the song outside on the fly during a concert with limp biscuit because he played the chorus backstage and Mm -hmm. fred durst wanted to sing it with him and he realized like literally all i have is a chorus Mm. so when he went out there to like play the song he's just kind of making it up on the fly which is just that's insane to me just considering the amount of trouble i'm having with songwriting in general um which is funny i mean like hobbies are supposed to be enjoyable and songwriting like musicianship is sort of a hobby for me in that like i don't really make money doing it but Mm -hmm. it's something that i enjoy doing but also creates this level of respect for actual artists in that regard, because I'm trying to do something that is like serious and straight faced for once, once. And because I don't have comedy as a crutch to rely on, and I just have my own sincerity, it's a lot more, um, scary, I suppose. And you become a lot more guarded about what you want to write about and what you want to share. And in a way it's you, you end up just speaking in hypotheticals and not being specific when specificity is the heart of Marcus, good writing. I your...
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to do that discreetly. Well, well, Marcus has a, has a, as a question relevant to what you're talking about.
1: Oh, what oh okay. Uh will we get any full car songs from Roman and what can I do to make it happen? I make and produce music as well. Um I have a few um RCR-related albums out on Amazon and Apple and Bandcamp and like wherever you get your music from. Um I I, I do kind of like in a very selfish kind of way i like it when people get my stuff through amazon just because then it charts sometimes yeah. which is just like cool to see but um it's mostly the first one was trackless bro a regular car reviews album and then there's basically a christmas ep that i did which is really just like two or three songs and then um there's the annual christmas single which comes out every year and so those are all on there but i'm working on another ep that's just like Serious songs or stuff that but it's stuff that has been Featured in rcr before so it's stuff that I can't even pretend that There's not an rcr connection there because a lot of the melodies that I wrote i'm like, oh, I like that melody I should use it for something You know because not every parody that I would do would be a parody. It would sometimes it'd be original stuff uh, but yeah, it is harder to write serious than it is comedy because it's easier to be funny and you don't care necessarily about what it is you're trying to convey because even if people want to judge you for it, it's like, well, I wasn't trying to be serious anyway. Right. This time it's sort of different.
0: So this is better than having to turn my head.
1: Oh, very nice. Very nice. So yeah, I just got to think of more.
0: My hands are cold, so I'm just going to hold on to the, the apple brick apple brick yeah Delicious. someone says uh favorite pennsylvania band easy war on drugs Philadelphia zone. war on drugs very nice yeah
1: i'm a hall and oates man although i do they count as a Pennsylvania? i want to say they're like philly area i'm not mm. entirely sure let me see uh
0: and they apparently they just it, like tim and eric tim and eric i think met in temple or were they both from like the lehigh valley were they from like whitehall or something like that
1: Let's see. Yeah, Hall & Oates are Philadelphia. Sweet. Formed in Philadelphia in
0: 1970.
1: Wow. Wow. I always read that they hated being called Hall & Oates and that they preferred Daryl Hall and John Oates, which I'm like, Paul of Notes sounds easy. Whatever it's it's easy, easy to say. Yeah, it's like... being hung up about that. That's always the thing that's weird to me. It's like, well, you you don't want to be like Simon and Garfunkel because then one person has to be the Garfunkel. I'm like, Garfunkel probably has like a house you
0: know, that, <laughs> that
1: is like, you know, has another house attached to it. It's just, you
0: know, you can call me the Garfunkel if I'm making Garfunkel money. Man, to have Garfunkel money? That fucking garbage. There's, there, there, there's private. There's a private plane in there somewhere. Even if it's just a just a Piper Navajo. Oh, speaking of planes, I was talking to Greg, and uh, so his is going in getting painted. I think this weekend or something like that. Oh, finally. So, but I want to. Someone says Ween. Oh yeah, Ween. I immediately um, thought of Ween, but I'm like, I don't know enough of the songs to be able to list them as mine. Where'd the personally. cheese go? I don't know. <laughs> do you know that story? No. Oh, uh, so they got contracted. Um, I think it was when Pizza Hut or somebody did the, the cheese and the crust. Oh, yes. Yeah, and they us. wanted Ween to make a song. So they made a song in like an hour wow. just called Where'd the Cheese Go? <laughs> and it was rejected. It's like, OK, yeah, I know that was pretty silly. Let's do it again. They used the same instrumentals. And then it's just the same song, just with cursing. It's like, "Yo, where the motherfucking cheese go at?" <laughs> Fuck you!
1: <laughs> and that's then like, like nothing happened. It's like that Don Hertzfelder short about rejected ads for the Family Channel. Yeah. Oh, that's great.
0: Uh, what are we talking about? Bid Oh yeah, planes. Oh, yeah, planes. Uh, yeah. So, um, I want to. I threw this idea past Greg of using one of his airplanes as a film plane. A film plane? Yeah, Ooh. just like, cause he's been, I've i been wanting to fly again and he wants to take one of the planes up and to be, to use one of the, one of the, uh, airplanes to like fuck drone footage. I'm not buying a freaking drone. Everybody draws, does drone. We're going to be filming from 300 feet, <laughs> not 80. Yeah, We're going to be way up there. And we got that one camera over there, the Nikon. Or the Panasonic that has a really long lens, and then we just film it along the highway. But honestly, we'd probably have to use seventy-eight uh, because the the stoplights is going to screw everything up because the plane can't stop. Yeah. So, and it could probably be the Niro or the Forerunner. So the thing would be is that either you or Ethan, you know, it's probably going to be during the week.
1: That's funny about um, me.
0: Like Ethan someone's going to be driving the car and on a radio and either I'm going to be filming out of the plane or Greg is going to be filming out of the plane and I'm going to be motherfucking fly on the plane. Ooh. So, and it's probably going to be, I'm going to be flying the plane because if I have to look through a lens and down at the ground, the plane's moving around, the lens is bouncing around. I may get, make myself air sick doing you that. I end up up chucking. Yeah. In Greg's plane. So, Ooh. and it's probably going to be the more up Chucky of the two planes, the Fisher Dakota Hawk, which is made of wood and uh, wooden fabric because it's an experimental. It's tiny, but it's a high wing plane, which means like if we were using his PA 28 that's a low wing. So I'd have to be holding the plane over and kicking rudder one way and trying to hold it like this. And it would be more of a back shot because he'd have to film in front of the wing, but behind the propeller, like kind of like that. Joey says, I have a hang glider right does it as a paramotor <laughs> a hang glider
1: that's wild
0: yeah i mean if it's like fan man from the simpsons oh that could grow becomes yeah. that that'd be funny um i mean are you got the lens for filming out maybe of the plane?
1: i mean we got the long one up no i put it in the case it's
0: sorry. or is it down here
1: Because I would have Greg take you up there and just like just pick a random car that's on the.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what he said. I mean, maybe it might be tomorrow that we go up and test it or it may have to. I don't know the the grass strip is probably really wet after today. So I don't know if it's going to take a few days to dry, but just to go out, fly above 78 and try to get a beat on one of the cars going by. The Panasonic could probably do it. That has a super long lens. And I used it when I was at Oshkosh, a video that I still haven't released yet. Um, cause I didn't think, cause I need Tony or Greg just, well, really I need Tony just to come up with jokes about airplanes. <laughs> um, but there's also the idea of me just buying another camera, which is ugh, like doing it half for the thrill like buying a dedicated video camera instead of just using still cameras as video cameras. Um, it Canon makes a, Canon makes a nice one, but it's like spending another G on something on on a, on a single use piece of equipment.
1: Yeah. I was so like into those black magic cameras that Adam Friedland and Nick Mullen were using. Yeah. And then I looked them up online. I'm like,
0: Oh, what are no they? No dice. Huh? What are they? Like a G. Okay. Ish. Yeah. Uh, Possibly more. Um, The thing that I'm trying to rationalize is that if I buy the Canon something or other, what is it, the one I was looking at? The Canon is. The Canon is. Canon uh, Victor Indigo X-Ray Indigo Alpha. Canon VIXA HF G50. Yeah, $1,100. But it can also be used as a webcam, so it could have dual use. But what else? What I want is a webcam that doesn't have a wide angle like this GoPro that makes it a little bit nicer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but dependent, depending, like get a sponsorship or something like that to justify me spending $1,000 on a thing, I'm going to use this a little bit. Just like that Panasonic that I bought, and that was only a $300 camera. And I used it here and there. I mean, it's such a dick around camera that I lost the lens cap. And I'm like, eh. yeah, whatever. <laughs> um. Esther Outcome says, hey, guys, thanks for all you do with the podcast. Hope it wasn't too much of an issue to put the missing episodes up. You guys are my favorite podcast. Oh, thanks. Thank you
1: very much. Yeah, uh, they emailed me not too long ago to mention that some episodes were not in their complete form, which was my bad because when I did the transfer from, you know, video form to audio, uh, apparently the video or the audio would cut off after a certain Amount of time. And so I had to really go back into the videos and redo that part, which it wasn't a big deal. It was like eight episodes or something, but it's for completion's sake, it would have driven me nuts, you know, Mm. if it wasn't all up there. Um, or at least as complete as I can make it because there are people who go back and like listen to the old episodes on long drives and uh, that's very much appreciated. And so I wouldn't want to like impede anyone being able to do that. So I went back and just like put up the ones that were not in their complete form. So, yeah,
0: Jess says she has a 200 millimeter lens. Nice. That's right. You do have that. That's the big white one I think we used. What is the Canon G50? What's the equivalent of whatever its lens is? Uh, It says the Canon G50, if video cameras, they talk about, it has like 20X or something. Is that what this is? 20X. Uh, Where are the specs on this thing? 20x, still no specs. 20x optical zoom. So, what is that in millimeters? You probably have to know like the diameter of the lens. Oh, 600 millimeters. Okay. If it it was a 35 millimeter, which it probably isn't because it's a dedicated video camera, at best it would be a cropped sensor. so 601 millimeter, equivalent of a 601 millimeter, where is the, Did I put it back upstairs? Where the Panasonic is, it's probably back upstairs. Nikon made this fixed lens ones that was a thousand millimeters. Wow. Um, it was also very light hungry because it was a very tiny sensor. Uh, 35 equivalent of a 29.3 to 601 millimeters. So I think She's looking at the, for, and for anybody else who's watching the uh, the Canon uh, uh, G50 video camera. Um, the things, other things I'm trying to justify about uh, justify it is that well, if it's a dedicated video camera, maybe the stabilization is even better than the Nikon. But the stabilization has never, no one's really complained about me using about the video being too bumpy when we do the on the road shots because then because the forerunner has those big tires. I just absorb bumps. But Just says, you know, I'm a Canon person. Yeah. And it'd be nice to have a Canon again because I used to have an XL1. Ah, the XL1. What a monster that thing was. Mm. Mm. I want to come and let you watch, but there's no pressure. <laughs> I want to make sure my asshole is clean, not for you, but for me. Jess says, Oh, I have the two X extender that takes me to 400. Interesting. Do you want to ride in the plane and film? I miss you, Jess. I should come and visit. There's nothing stopping me. Do you, are you still nocturnal or do you have a normal schedule? Also, I need to bring you some cash dollars for a reason. You know what it is. (laughs) Uh, 53 Hornet says, hey, I've been enjoying the reviews for years and just getting into the podcast. Submitted my 1953 Hudson Hornet. Interesting. I think you'll like the flathead for the history. Well, thank you for doing that. Yeah, I'm totally interested in in a... Hudson Hornet. Um, We are in Pennsylvania and not traveling at the moment. So if you can come to PA, great. And uh, and if not, well, you know your email will be saved in uh, uh, OmniSend. Uh, It's the same thing where where we keep all our emails offsite now. So that's good. Um, Very good. I was talking to Nick at lunch that uh, I was looking at all the top-tier brands of Hilton (laughs) at Waldorf. Like, dude, I want to arrange a film shoot just so I can stay at a Waldorf Astoria, just to say that I did it. But that would require us being in Washington, D.C. Yeah, like the city. There's like, of course, there's both a Conrad, a Hilton Conrad or Conrad Hilton, and a Waldorf Astoria in DC for all that government and, you know, defense contractor money and all those like, God, DC is disgusting money. Which city do I want to be in less, LA or DC?
1: Dealing with Garfunkel money either way.
0: Yeah, you better be paying me to go to either place. (laughs) DC, like, (sighs) dude, would I rather be in DC or LA? Fuck.
1: I mean, it depends on if you're trying to link up with people, yeah, or if you're just trying to. Both these cities are so hassle. Get the bag and get out.
0: You know, it's like if you would I rather be in LA or DC. Hey, you got to be in DC in two weeks. I'm like, uh, because one means I got to drive to DC but there's no, there's nothing to do in DC. I mean, I guess there's a DC improv or something. You could go see a show there and but LA, the weather's nice. Yeah. (laughs) See, see, the thing is when you say LA, you can mean the surrounding areas. So like LA can also mean Malibu. (laughs) Friggin' love Malibu. (laughs) Fucking love Malibu. Santa Monica Pierce. God damn, that is awesome. That's, that's like my favorite thing about LA is getting the fuck out of LA. (laughs) And then you're outside it and there's like cool people and you look at cool cars and the food's good. Food is great. It's like the dichotomy of that one Hilton right by Matt Ferris place is like fine hotel and like the guy doesn't know how to make drinks and the food's crappy there, but nothing else is open in the area. You have to, there's no like walkable places on freaking Sentinel Avenue.
1: There there, there was that
0: shawarma place once. There
1: was, yeah, that one, yeah, that yeah. we went to. Yeah. Between the hotel and the, or no, it was a little bit- Matt Farah's old place. Matt Farah's old place, yeah. yeah. Near like the YouTube yeah. studios and all that stuff. It's just, you know, you would expect there to be more. And yet. Yeah. And yet.
0: Uh, Ren says, wish you guys were able to see more of Atlanta as more often than Dawsonville. Yeah, because that's, you know, all racetracks are in the middle of BFE. So um, uh, we have an open invite to go back to Atlanta and just stay at Dan's house. So that's he, good.
1: Yeah, he messaged me uh, this week at, uh, to mention, what did he say? Where are it at? Let's see. The Right here. Um Yo, love the video, man. Y'all did great. Hope you had fun. Next time y'all come down, you guys should stay at my house and we can spend some time, more time doing fun stuff,
0: yes. which sounds awesome. Because I, I Yeah, don't and know. hang out with um, Charles Guam, the BattleBots guy. The oh, yes. OK, yeah. yeah. Now I recall. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just yeah, really cool. liked Dan. And it's cool to know a that there's bunch of people like in Atlanta. I
0: think David Patterson lives in Atlanta now. Or did he? Yeah. Atlanta's like this weird, but well, we talked about it when we were there with like other people, like there's Georgia and then there's Atlanta, but the, it feels like, like, like the bad blood between Atlanta, bad blood, or it's like Atlanta's like, you know, money and there's stuff going on there. And, in, and like Pennsylvania, it's like, there's stuff going on in Philly and Pittsburgh there's fuck all everywhere else. Not even our capitals. Cool. Harrisburg is just dreary Harrisburg. Yeah. I can't remember any time
1: that I was ever in Harrisburg where the sun was out, and,
0: <laughs> and, you know, I,
1: I, I would I That's would usually line. wait for the bus to show up to take me back to school in yeah. state college because my mom would drive me to Harrisburg. Because she didn't like to drive to state college it's a hike to drive to State College. it really is and i would just take the bus from harrisburg because it saved me money on taking the bus from reading to go to harrisburg and wait around and so i'd be walking around the strawberry mall and just oh like, yeah the, it yeah. had that giant rube goldberg
0: machine that i just yeah. parked in
1: front of that i'm just looking at i'm just like, oh, okay
0: strawberry square
1: yeah it's just i mean i don't know it's so bleh.
0: harrisburg is in place yeah you even that they had one, they're like one or two, they had one furry convention there. And then the guy, then the chair took all the money and uh took the money and run. Yeah, yeah. he, he literally fucked people out of like $20,000 and now Damn. he's on his own. Yeah,
1: that's a lot of money. No one knows what happened to of. this
0: guy. And it's just the amount of money that's not enough for, for, you know, like 20 grand's a bitch, but yeah, he'll get over it eventually. It's not like someone ruined their life. Yeah. Uh Ren says I think Patterson is here, David Pack. Yeah, and then there were a few Oh right, fuck, Ed's there. Ed Bolian. Ed Bolian, like he messaged me like the day I rolled like the day we got back here. And I got back here and says, "Hey, I hear you're in town." I'm like I just got back to PA, man. So, yeah, I have to so yeah, we got to do Atlanta again. Fucking flying in this time. I still need to give Dan his invoice. Still don't write the invoice yet for him. Um, Mm -hmm. The racing mind says, I hear Erie is a gigantic shithole. I've never been, honestly, I got my buddy, Matt Carlton who lives up in Erie. He loves it. You know, that that's, I wonder if like Erie is what Pittsburgh used to be, where people used to say Pittsburgh is just messy and dirty. So no one went there and it was secretly cool. And then people realize it was secretly cool. And now Pittsburgh is just another Portland, Oregon. So, so maybe that's the thing about Erie that it's like way far away from everything. So it's could be kind of neat. Isaac Favley says, Erie is great. Yeah, freaking. I live in Pennsylvania and never went up the chimney. <laughs> we need like a guy with like a, a Beechcraft twin Bonanza fly us up there the idea of driving to erie is probably like eight hours It probably takes less time to drive to toronto than from here than it does to drive to freaking erie i've never been to erie and have
1: never had the desire to go to erie except for one time when i was fresh out of college but before starting grad school where i was talking to this girl who i don't know we had been talking for a bit and then she was like gonna move to erie and then i was like hmm. Looking up bus fares for Erie, realizing that's probably going to be like a 10 hour trip because you're going to have connections. And yeah. You're just going to be sitting around like some kind of. Yeah.
0: Bird says Harrisburg to Erie is five hours by car. So add another hour, hour and a half, six, six or seven hours. Fuck that. Yeah. Toronto, I think, is six hours. If you just, just do gas stops, six hours. Uh, Juren says, DC is nice. There are neighborhoods inside the city would have you thinking you're in the suburbs. Mm. How is parking? Can you park? I guess that's the one nice thing. Like LA you can get around if you don't mind just spending $120 a day on Lyft or Uber because the Ubers always show up really quick. Yeah. Um, Hmm, just want to go to the auction bid board and look for tables.
1: Tables. I mean, it's that thing where if you want to get something from an auction house or flea market or something, I mean, for me personally, furniture tends to be the way to go if for no other reason than it tends to be more reasonable than getting it from a store, mm-hmm. even if it is kind of older and more of a, you know, I don't know. It just looks its age. Like my desk in my office is literally just like a thing that we, I forget if it was free or not, but if it wasn't free, it was insanely cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of stuff that we get or would find last year that was literally just free stuff. And so (laughs) people just giving it away because they want it gone. So you're taking advantage of the fact that they don't want it taking up space anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm,
0: mm. racing so. mind says the whole driving five miles and 45 minutes thing is always crazy to hear in LA. Yeah. You do your traveling between 5am and 6.30am, uh, 10am to noon,
1: mm.
0: and then 8pm, 8 8pm 8 to 10pm. That's when you're in a car. The rest of the time, park your ass. Um. <laughs> hmm. I'm wondering if we could get away with the type of music that they play at the Brick House because they—it's like all covers of songs, and there are that coffee shop version of songs, almost like cigarettes after sex. Ah, yeah, they do. A good so version. maybe oh it wouldn't trip the algorithm. Like it could be playing in the background we'd have to do i'd, I'd have to ask joe because he says keep do, let's do a podcast at the restaurant and just we could do a test one with the phone and those little clip-ons just yeah. let me know hey we're, we're just doing this test just see if we and but you can't really say we're doing the test because then someone's going to report you yeah be a troll so i mean you could
1: have him use like just for the period that we're doing the podcast that the regular radio, whatever station they're playing in there, swap it out for like a royalty free music channel. yeah, Or or just like turn it off for like an hour. I don't think the music is just like audio wallpaper. Mm -hmm. It's like, no one really pays attention to it. Like I certainly don't, except for the one time where they were playing that one Eurovision song I really like, but other than that, it's like just sort of
0: there. Uh, Brandon says, Orlando is almost as bad as Los Angeles. Now with all the new people here, it can take you two to three hours at a time to drive across the city during peak times anymore. I mean, yeah, people, like like you're talking to a guy who's aware of Philly. Philly can be fucked from it's fucked six hours out of every day. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. Um, driving in Orlando or Florida general, Driving in burnout three. Nah, I gotcha. It's like yeah. driving in burnout three. And that's one of the things about the suburbs that well, we're not even in the suburbs. We're rural. If traffic traffic is backed up, that means someone fucked up royally yes. big time. I can't remember there are traffic jam ever. Like when we get traffic, it's because of either the churches are letting out or schools letting out. It's like, and, oh yeah, it's well, it's 245. You're gonna get stuck behind a
1: bus. <laughs> that actually happened yesterday. Uh, a bunch of kids getting out and running, like, thank God I'm out of the educational prison. Hell yeah. Uh, but it's usually in my area, at least, which is an hour away from here, it's if you uh, are in a traffic jam, it's either construction or somebody yeah. fucked up. So, yeah. And in very, 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 very rare instances, it'll be like some sort of DUI thing.
0: Oh, where, uh, like where they're doing the checkpoints. Yeah.
1: But I'm mean, just making so, sure you're
0: safe. Thanks, man.
1: That's like on holidays where they're expecting everyone's going to be out drinking, like 4th of July or something.
0: Yeah. It's like a- Fourth. Of, yep. Yeah. All the major ones. They used to always do it in Cresona near the railroad bridge. Mm-mm-mm. Uh. Am I out of coffee already? Mm. Mm, Here we go. Uh, Rona, Atlanta. Interesting. Catching the podcast live for once. Thanks. I drive a 2020 Hyundai Kona. Key fob has the same useless trunk button as the Nairos. Uh, Also, Erie seems pretty okay, but they got lake effect snows and those suck. I always was envious of lake effect snows growing up because that meant you got more days off from school. The Western part of the state always had snow. And we don't, because we're on the east side of the mountain range. Well, how late, how big does the lake have to be to, for there to be a lake effect? Oh, we're just talking about the Great Lakes.
1: Oh, the Great Lakes. Oh, hmm. Yeah, because I just know, you know, closer you are to body of water, colder it seems to get.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Uh, how did you, uh, Marcus King, thank you for the donation. It says, how did you get started reviewing cars on RCR style? I think we covered that in the gasoline thing. I just wanted to be offensive for the sake of being offensive, but now it's changed in the past three years, pretty much. I think 20, 2018 was probably the the mix of. Mix of styles. And then it got more introspective as, as the anger left me. So it, it becomes a slower type of artwork if you want to call it that marcus says i find rcr unique uniquely to uniquely master comedic elements that aren't present in other reviewers channels hmm, yeah because we have degrees in this stuff yeah there's pretty much more <laughs> that's, me, that's me That's me humblebrag but but i said it and and do it with dan's uh video which he said the audio was messed up i hope he releases it anyway and just put some subtitles down i would solve that problem i mean it would be a long time to just subtitle everything uh it would make for a neat one but one of his questions was how do you write the way you do and my cocky answer because you know i'm just racing go-karts while, while i'm talking to him says i have a fucking master's degree i know how to do this <laughs> dude you and i just wrote a review for a car we didn't even drive yet yeah which is going to be great and you're not going to know the difference yeah yeah. You're not going to, of mean, course, uh, the other part of reviewers, they just do on the fly all the time. They do it the style. That I find impressive. Like the same way that people
1: might be impressed with what we do. I'm impressed by people who can be on the fly like that just because my brain doesn't work that way. Like I just can't process. It's like the things that I'm engaged in doing take up so much of my focus that I can't come up with clever things to say, you know, Yeah. but it's something, you know, it's, could you ever tell the girl with the headlights story
0: i don't know what he's i have no about. idea what that is but... Girl with the headlights mm.
1: but it's something where i i think that yeah it's like this one time during grad school i was at home and my mom was watching jeopardy and she there was some question that popped up and i'm like what is peyton place and that was the answer she's like how did you know that i'm like mom i have a master's degree like that's Mm -hmm. being good at jeopardy is like the only thing it's good for (laughs) right now. Uh, it's, it's that thing where, you know, you're not trained specifically to be able to do this, but you're trained to have the capacity to do this. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I really like just being able to engage that part of my brain that allows me to write in a very pointed way about
0: something in particular. I should just start reading textbooks in the podcast. Why not? Why not? What's stopping me from getting up and just getting a textbook and just started reading it.
1: Yeah. Is that, that's literally like the same Chaucer that we were reading in that middle English class. Yeah. That's
0: that's one of of the textbooks I kept. I don't, I have, I have no earthly connection to most of my textbooks. Yeah. I'm like, fuck these things and go back. I got, they did their job. Yeah. Like, like Greg still has all of his textbooks, like in this high school stuff.
1: Wow. It's
0: in the shed out back. It's like the one the one uh one piece of property on this land that I like I can't do anything with. But he's not charging me for it. And I remember when I moved in. It's like you can have this price for the garage in the house or this price for the garage, the house and the shed. Because the shed is like full of old airplane parts and like replacement parts for stuff in the house. So you know, I get it. But I'm looking at I'm but I'm looking at the shed, I'm like, I could turn this into a little hostel for for hikers and make some extra money. But I don't think it would the thing about the Appalachian Trail economy is that it's only banging three months out of the year. So um uh, The Racing Mind says I'm reading a book called The Myth of Normal by Dr. Gabor Mate. Uh, Robin Matthews says, I wanted to end it all, but your videos helped me put the gun down. Awesome. That is amazing. The stories and uh, different points of view helped me get my mind of suffering and find hope. Yeah. Awesome, man. Get really good at something. and you don't want to die.
1: Yeah. I know I
0: say that with a smile, but yeah, get really good at something. Make it so that no one. I don't care what it is. Yeah. But not, but not beating off in video games. Like get, get good at something that involves you being outside. Or get good at something that involves you being, that involves you standing up. Yeah. Although, well, yeah, teaching is you stand up and I wouldn't say get, get really good at literature or anything like that. Cause that's, that's more of an icing on the cake for other things.
1: And I mean, it's once you become unimpeachably good at something so that no one can ever really take it away from you, Yeah. then it becomes a point of pride in yourself so that you don't necessarily have to feel like you're compensating for anything. You can just live your life unfettered and untethered to mm-hmm. notions of what success means and what productivity means and what contribution to society means. You can just yeah. be yourself and who you are and be comfortable in that.
0: Gabriel says, thank you for the donation. Any plans on coming to Chicago? No plans, but Chicago is just right there. It is right there. Um, I would love for you to drive my 2009 Outlook XT Limited trim with five-speed manual transmission and SI drive. Um, I like Chicago. Driving takes a long, long time. And flying there takes a very short amount of time. I wonder if we could use Mike's 500SL, put the top down, put a bunch of vacuum cups on the trunk and just use that as the camera car. It would be very conspicuous but maybe it would work spin faster says, man, you look like you would be literally rather doing anything else. (laughs) I got nothing else to do right now. It's just me and you. See, the thing is we do these podcasts after we write and I'm coming down off of a caffeine high every single time. Cause I just drink coffee and have a great lunch and, and write the episode there. So this is like the aftermath of that. But also I like miss having that. De- uh, that's so weird doing podcast in the middle of the day. Um, Robin Matthew Eccles says, uh, thank you, I'm learning how to weld now. Excellent Ooh, that's choice. Badass. That's badass. That's a skill for life. You can move the camera case if you don't wanna do that.
1: Oh, no, it's all
0: right. Oh. All right. Probably. sweet uh sound says you have you ever had a difficult landing? well, both my landings were difficult. I've only landed twice and I've never soloed so I slammed a one fifty two into Compton Airport when it stalled ten feet you dropped at ten feet Ooh. Ooh. that's rough, isn't it? I hope the prop didn't hit the ground um, no i've and I, and I've only landed on grass, so it's like landing on pillows so Spin faster says, I'll tired as heck, probably. And, but you know, I'm way more comfortable than I was at the desk or the table when we did it over there. And and I think half of it's the Poang chairs. I can sit here, I can sit here longer than I can sit at that table. We're going to be even once we get that piano out of here, Ethan's going to be there. We get some guests in here. Let someone else take the reins for a little bit. Yeah. Boris says, in your collection of books, is there one you hold above all others? Yeah, Sister Carrie. In my collection, I have a British history book for 1912. Oh, yeah, no, I have. I don't care about this book as old. So? Yeah. It's, it's the ideas in it. Like weird artifact, like a book as an artifact. I mean, it was signed by somebody, I guess. But even then, it's... Uh,
1: Yeah, because it's just different forms of ephemera that you're collecting. Yeah,
0: I don't think I own anything because it has a place. Do I have any keepsakes? You know what? Yeah, I got stuff from marching band, like little stuff left over from marching band. Little tiny things that I had when I was in high school. Those things are nice. Um but yeah good question. Uh spin faster good news I finally will be offloading this basket case of an SN95GT <laughs> nice. Um uh, no rain, rain tom tom puffs uh, no, no rain
1: ask what's the closest car to an MR2 currently?
0: Uh uh Lotus Evora GT. I think mm. I talked about this on uh smoking tire That that's the, that's still one of the best cars I've ever driven because it's the fourth gen, uh, MR2, Uh like the closest thing we'll ever have to probably a fourth gen MR2. Um, I mean, it's a Toyota engine, supercharged Toyota engine in the middle. And, uh, there's really nothing wrong with the car as a pure sports car.
1: Yeah. So. And Toyota is never going to do another MR2 anyway, uh, so they're just leaving that if on the they, If table. they do,
0: I'm buying a lottery ticket, or I'm asking someone else, asking someone out that I'd never have the courage to, because it means a miracle is about to happen if Toyota <laughs> makes a fourth-gen MR2. Mm. I'm going to get a textbook. Get that textbook.
1: I don't even know that I have any books that I necessarily privilege among others, although I do have my, like, five-favorite-book-type-thing collection, and I'm still working my way through The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which is Pulitzer winner. It's pretty good. It's pretty great, actually. Half
0: this stuff is fiction and poetry, and – Talk about Hawthorne. We'd be here for a
1: while. Ah, I did my thesis on Hawthorne in grad school. Nice. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, yeah. Scarlet Letter.
0: Do I have the Scarlet Letter here?
1: Nope. I don't remember if. Uh, do I have the Scarlet Letter? I don't think I have a copy of it anymore. I think I left it at my mom's house or something. It's strange. There are so many things about grad school that I've completely forgotten, like bits of information that I should have been able to retain. I've always been terrible at retaining information.
0: Someone says uh, maybe they can convince BMW to loan them another car and call it a a Toyota.
1: Tony Airlines in the chat said, landed high from
0: SFO san francisco nice 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 i guess class we're gonna talk about walt Shipman. i have to find i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna find a stuff where i have notes in it i mean the first thing you have to know about song and myself is uh did you guys know that subaru made diesels yeah they do just boxer diesels we never got any so song of myself, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, super high, super bi. And he's so bisexual. He wants to have sex with the planet. Hawthorne or Whitman. What am I talking about? Whitman. Here yeah. am did I say Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, Walt Whitman. So remember when, uh, Rick from Rick and Morty had sex with the planet. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much what Walt Whitman wanted to do. Uh, he was, now the postmodernist power structure thing that you talk about with, uh, Walt Whitman is that this was written what 1855 within after five, the country is tearing, is starting to tear itself apart in 1855. The civil war is five, five years away with this book. and. Walt Whitman is orgasming from beginning to end of this like short poetic novella of how awesome it is to be alive and the beauty that is held within the earth at the same time that the country is coming to grips, grips with uh, slavery for the first time and starting to do something about it. I don't know offhand when James Buchanan was president, uh, supposedly our worst president, um, for nothing else that James Buchanan just kicked. All he did was kick the issue of slavery down the road and let uh, Abraham Lincoln deal with it. Coincidentally, uh, he, uh, James Buchanan is the only president from Pennsylvania <laughs> and yeah. also the only bachelor, the only unmarried president. Wow. And also the worst called, oh, and he was also called the only president who didn't want to be a president. The, the party just said, just do it, fucker. Just do an <laughs> ass face. Just be fucking president. <laughs> they just bullied him into running. Yeah. Which <laughs> uh, is pure president. You look up a picture of James Buchan- uh, the, Buchanan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look up a picture of James Buchanan. So no rain says eighteen fifty seven to eighteen sixty one was James Buchanan. Oh, okay, so I'm wrong. Thank you for correcting me. So this was before James Buchanan. So, um. huh. Uh, anyway, well, thanks for pointing that out. So who was before James Buchanan? All right, let me look. Let's up. see who figures it out first. Nick with his phone, or everybody else? It's going to be everybody else. I did. yeah.
1: He's 15th president. Who's the 14th? Load? Damn you. Uh Pierce? Yeah, Franklin Pierce. Frank? I know nothing somehow about Somehow even Pierce. more. Pierce and Tyler and Van Buren are up there as like the most forgettable presidents. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there a whole Simpson song about that? Of like, where are the forgotten presidents?
0: And We are the mediocre presidents. <laughs> you won't see our faces on dollars or on cents. We're Tyler and then, and then, and and then, and too. Yeah. Uh, William Henry Harrison. I, will uh, like, I died a month in. Yeah. Or something right. like that. Um, uh, 1855 was right as the Bleeding Kansas started. Is that where, like, uh, the progressive band Kansas got its album cover?
1: Maybe. Anyway. My grandma used to really like Kansas of all things, huh. dyed-in-the-wool Puerto Rican woman who just liked their harmonies. I guess.
0: And they did have great harmonies. I mean, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, bad times were on the horizon for the, comp. Uh, well, changing times. Uh, tears were about to be shed and a lot of people were about to die. Um, But here is Walt Whitman, dick in hand in nature, talking about how wondrous uh, uh, existence is. At the same time, now this is a Carl Sagan line, uh, the, the first moon landing happened during the Vietnam War. So Carl Sagan said, you know, we were celebrating our species. Reaching a new milestone at the same time we were bombing our brothers, you know, firebombing using napalm, considering tactical nuclear weapons in, in, uh, in Vietnam at the same time the moonshot happened in 1969. So there's a dichotomy here, as Jocko Willink would say. Now, that's the postmodern approach to reading. Well, Whitman is like, can you divorce yourself from the time? It's also a, the Michael Jackson question. Can you divorce yourself from the music? Can you, can you enjoy this at the same time of the horrible secondary sources that are going on at this time? Anyway, so leaves of grass starts, um, I celebrate myself. And from what I assume, you shall assume. For every atom belonging to me as good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. So he's saying, come hang out with me. Let's get fricking rip shit high and look at grass. I loaf, I lay on the, on, on the grass and just gaze at it. And we're hanging out and we're thinking the same things right now. Houses and rooms are full of perfumes. The shelves are crowded with perfumes. I breathe the fragments of myself and know it and like it. The distillation would intoxicate me also, but I shall not let it. I have my head up my own ass, breathing my own farts. I am so awesome. Every man loves his own brand. So he starts off by saying, houses and rooms are full of perfumes. It's like, you guys, what he's really saying is, you guys live inside. You're playing freaking like if it was the current, current times, it's like you guys are sitting inside playing video games. I'm out here just smelling my own body. It also means he's spending a lot of time outside. He's not showering. It's like, this is how a human body really really smells. Yeah,
1: and also it's kind of the equivalent of modern times saying, well, you use air freshener to make it smell like outside while I'm actually outside. Yeah. And I smell like I've been outside. Yeah.
0: If this guy was an Instagrammer, he'd be saying this shit all the time. He'd be infuriating. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like Walt Whitman was an asshole. <laughs> like, like he mooched off of people or the, or no, that's Henry David Thoreau. He was also a freaking mooch cause he mooched off of Emerson. Oh man. Thoreau was the worst. Thoreau was like a really talented kid, like a really talented guy who cannot get his life together. It was like, it's like I can name a few people who I can name one particular person who's a definite talent, but seems like a walking train wreck despite all his money. Yes and i mean it's something that is i hesitate to call it walking train wreck but but i'm speaking from 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 like an educated position with with like with like wide viewing futurism like okay just do this 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 and you'll be fine but they have their own personal roadblocks and i can think like three other people who are like that but i mean i'm sure you know um hey adhd sucks ass that's true okay back to whitman the atmosphere is not a perfume It has no taste of distillation. It is odorless. It's for my mouth forever. Oh, I'm in love with it. I will go to the bank by the wood and become undigested and naked. I am mad for it to be in contact with me. This guy, okay, there's a thing in the Appalachian Trail called Hike Naked Day where it's a day where you hike naked. The, huh. the, the joke is that it normally happens in Pennsylvania and it's risky doing that because you're going to get ticks and poison Oak and all that stuff. Ugh. So he's just reiterating how much he likes the smell of nature. He's saying it has no perfume. It's so pure. I'm just going to just be naked and hang out by the river and be a fuck face. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even going to catch Paul any on it fish. Says, you guys like Shane Gillis. I've heard the comedian's name before. He, I was, think- he was on he got cast as a member of
1: SNL a few years back and then got kicked off before actually doing anything because of like past comments or something along the line that he said and now it's kind of I don't know I haven't heard anything about him since so I'm, I'm not sure
0: okay But does uh, does Shane Gillis like late romanticist poetry possibly hmm. Um, the smoke of my own breath, obviously he's high, echoes, ripples and buzzed whispers, love root, silk thread, crotch and vine. Right now he's just out there, just now he's naming things. He's having such a grand old time, it's just the idea of I see nature is enough.
1: Yeah, he's, he's just getting a raging semi just from
0: smelling the breeze. My respiration and inspiration, the beating of my heart, the passing of blood and air through my lungs, mm, the sniff of green leaves and dry leaves and of the shore and the dark colored sea rocks. Oh, he's has his hand in his pants right now. And of hay in the barn, the sound of the bleached words in my voice, the words loose to the eddies of the wind. You know, when you get too high <laughs> <laughs> and you're just, oh, things. Yeah. God damn it. You do. A few light kisses, a few embraces, reaching around of my arms, the play of the shine and shade on the trees as supple as the boughs wag, the delight alone in the rush of the streets, along the fields and hillsides, the feeling of health, the full noon trill, the song, the song of me rising from bed and meeting the sun. What he's trying to say is there's beauty in all of these moments. I exist now on the side of the riverbank. I exist when I woke up. This is, and you know, this goes on for a while, where he just is naming things. (laughs) Nowadays, we look on this as as pretty bad poetry, and even then it was considered bad poetry. Like it was like they even, there wasn't a word for hippie in 1855, but they were kind of calling it that. And yet, does he have a point where if you go out in nature, you spend a lot of time in the woods, your thinking becomes simplified?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I was almost thinking like it's almost a, a rejection of a logocentric form of life where, you know, for a lot of people, the search for... Um, A transcendental existence is a reaction to the idea that all life has to have meaning. Right. Like you don't have to have a meaningful life that is in service to the greater needs of society. It's almost like living for the self Mm -hmm. and living for the um, advancement of the self as a
0: part of nature exactly and he's saying the self is already complete you are already complete you don't have to do anything go out in nature and be yeah so now that you know that is there a point to keep reading this it's like you get the point of leaves of grass in the first 10 stanzas and this thing goes on and on and on so if you already know what's going to happen why keep reading it Why play the video game Hades if it's all the same run? If it's just the same game over and over again, and yet the replayability is so high? This is an indie video game that you replay 120 times. Essentially. Yeah. And it's something where, I mean,
1: why reread Sister Carrie every year like I usually did? And it's because I just like the language and the story as sort of, Banal and bleak as mm-hmm. it can be, it's mm-hmm. still almost kind of comfortable. Yeah. Which is weird to find comfort in melodrama. And mm-hmm. yet, you know, it's sort of a familiar place to inhabit. And by the same token, with le- something like Leaves of Grass, you're inhabiting a familiar sphere that maybe can't be captured in your own experience because nobody can really be a Walt Whitman who just sits around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like there the consequences for doing nothing are too high. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know to what extent it was the same back in his time. Although I suppose, you know, what really safety net is there for a guy who decides he doesn't want to do anything and just wants to kind of loaf about in 1861 or whatever. So,
0: eh, that is true like what would his safety net would have been did he have enough money to just hang around and be a just touch himself all day
1: I mean it's if you're out in nature and you're living off the land and you don't mind not having I guess things mhm then you know it's not like anybody's going to come out there looking for you and asking for like your papers or what business you have me and out here unless the land is like owned by somebody but right. it's a thing where i imagine it was a lot easier for people to just disappear provided that they were okay with living a minimalist lifestyle and yeah. obviously it's like you're not going to be as connected with people as we are in this very connected modern age that we're in and you know nobody really knows what's better or what's worse but you know if you needed stuff you just go into town go to the store go to the pub whatever
0: yeah social security numbers were at least 60 years away at this point i think social security was born out of the great depression yeah so there's no s there's no number attached to you your name is whatever it says. Um, something like Sir Alec Guinness or something like that, or like one f- famous older actor didn't actually know how old he was because <laughs> he says, Oh, I was just born in just town in Ireland. I don't know. I'm either this age or this age. Um, Esker Outcome says, hey, Brian, thanks to you. I opened a retirement account and just made my first payment into it at the job. Thank you hey. for helping me prepare for my future. Smart guy, smart, smart person, Esker. Woman. Um, Yeah, no rain. It'd be way easier to fake your death and start a new life. Yeah, very true. And back then it's like there were trains, sort of like you could You could get far, like Chicago was a far way away. You could just disappear as it was proved in Sister Carrie, how you can, they just decided they're gonna have a different name and just move from Chicago to New York City and just pretend to be other people. And that's like the wild thing
1: about it to me. It's like, you can literally just, kill someone and they just move <laughs> to the other side of the country and after six months they stop looking yeah it's just well well I guess he got away with it then and even if they call you it's like well what proof do you have because yeah. by that point it's you know I don't know it just all seems so well I mean I guess that's kind of the point that frontier mentality of mm. certain amount of lawlessness and uh wilderness to the human existence so that if you were just completely divorced from any other aspect of life, of societal living, that it would be hard to kind of accord those things to you so that, you know, you don't necessarily have to know people if you don't want to, mm. and people don't necessarily have to know you. You don't have to deal with anybody.
0: Mm. Have you reckoned a thousand acres much? Have you reckoned the earth much, much? Yo, have you ever thought about the number thousand? How long would it take you to count to that much? Have you ever reckoned the earth? Have you you thought how big this planet really is? Have you practiced so long to learn to read? That's an interesting line. Do you know how to read, bro? (laughs) Have you ever felt so proud at the meaning of poems? Dude, words can mean more than what they are. Stop this, day, stop this day and night with me and you shall possess the origin of all poems. You shall possess the good of the earth and sun. There are millions of suns left. You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the specters and books. You shall not look through the eye, you shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them for yourself. So if this person were an Instagrammer or a YouTube or whatever, they say, Will you stop watching my channel and just come here and you know look at Monument Valley or just come to Utah and just look around like no camera can give you the feeling of being here. Just just come out here and just hang out. I have heard what the talkers were talking. I see what people are saying in the comments. No. The talk of the beginning and the end, but I do not talk of the beginning or the end. Which is another way of saying, remember when? T- remember when prices were good? Or oh, the happy times are over. Tough times ahead. He's about to tell these. Oh, you shut up with how good things were and how bad things are going to be. You talk. Stop talking about the end of the world. There was never any more inception than there is now, nor any more youth or age than there is now. And there will never be any more perfection than there is now, nor any more heaven or hell than there is now." That is the stanza that really sets it off for me, where he tells people to quit bitching. Essentially. It's, it's time when, when Walt Whitman finally starts addressing you, the audience, instead of just saying, hey, will you w- get off your freaking high horse? It's all in your head. It was like, when I picked up some hikers, and they wanted to stop at dunkin donuts before getting on up uh, back on the trail great um and the one dunkin donuts by the cabela's it's like just order at the kiosk they're, they're not taking orders inside yeah just or, just fucking order at the kiosk it's not like you they don't do special orders at dunkin donuts anyway so just treat it like it's wawa right fine whatever but these were older people and they couldn't figure it out i'm like you're kidding me what is there to figure out it's a fucking touch screen touch the coffee it's not doing and you know what fooled them they were touching the coffee and not touching the how many of these do you want and how many donuts do you want
1: Mm.
0: because a Dunkin Donuts run is rarely one thing I mean maybe it's a coffee but it's always going to be other things and it's like other people I'm like you squit. you pretty soon all restaurants are going to be like this well probably the chain ones because they figured out like we can have the same amount of profits we can hire two less people we got that for you mentality. want to walk in the back. Do you want to work at Dunkin Donuts? You and your gl- and I wanted to just sound off on this guy in like almost a Bill Burr fashion. It's like, you know, and not like watching this guy get his donut and coffee and sit down and eat by himself in the Dunkin Donuts. I think I think Dunkin Donuts at that place got a little bit hurt for like the people hanging around because the Starbucks open across the road. Hmm. Honestly, Starbucks is a little bit nicer to hang out in. That is a much nicer place to hang out in, although I will say that
1: I don't really get the sense that the food's any better. It's not. So, like, in terms of pastries or anything, like, even sandwiches. Like, so if you're an elderly person who's going to go to a place to hang out, I imagine Dunkin' Donuts still wins. Um, At the very least, I think in that Dunkin' Donuts, they have, like, cable news on. So that seems more like the place for the geriatric contingent. Just very natural. But in that regard, I mean, it's conspicuous consumption, I would imagine, just because now you're going to franchise eateries and then sort of attempting to, or you're, you're at a franchise eatery complaining about franchise eateries.
0: And so it's it- What are you, like, I want to say, what are you going to do? Stop going to Dunkin' Donuts. You know, you could there's fucking 412 over there. It's fucking better coffee than Dunkin better Donuts. coffee, yeah. better coffee and better things. You're going to wait in line. You're going to have a fantastic meal. you are going to have a, but waffle. are you, but are you going to go into hamburger? Do you, do you want this as a slop food for you to eat in this hard plastic bench and look at a highway, or do you want to go to a legit place? It's like that, that one coffee shop that we found that was just starting. Yeah. In, uh outside of Dawsonville, I liked it so much. I bought coffee there and brought it home. I've been making it in the espresso machine. It was very so the nice. People place. who complain about this sort of stuff are not the sort of people who are going to go to a coffee shop owned by someone who wants to make a decent product. You're going just like a chain restaurant. And it reminded me of like, I was watching the YouTube clipping my way through the Star Trek lower decks when they go to Deep, Deep Space, Space Nine. Nine. Yeah, I was looking at and that And someone that says, yo, it's got a Quarks here. It's like, we're going to eat at a Fran... <laughs> we're going to eat at a chain place? No, it's the originals. Like, I don't care.
1: <laughs> I just love how accurate it is that Quarks would become a franchise. Yeah. That's the most
0: Ferengi shit on Earth. Yeah. Expand or die. Yeah. Yeah. Props to them for getting Armin... Uh, Ar- Armin Shimmerman or yeah, Shimmerman. Yeah, to just do that again.
1: And and they got Nana Visitor back. That was Hell great. Yeah, yeah I, I just loved... That and you could tell there was like such a respect for what Deep Space Nine was when they just, you know, uh, what do we do? Oh, just slowly and lovingly like pan around <laughs> the pylons and just stare at it while it's like playing the music. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Uh, just keep
0: circling, just keep circling. Yeah. Mm. Uh, freaking quark, uh, and mourn.
1: I always remembered when I'd be watching Deep Space and my mom would come in and she'd see Morn, the the guy with the huge head who was always sitting at Quark's but would never say anything. Mm. And he always had like this giant frown on his face. And my mom would be like, the fuck is his problem? <laughs> I'd be like, Ma, that's just what he looks like. <laughs> Can't do anything about his face. It's just Morn. But it, they had this running gag where like Morn was always really talkative off screen. So people would always be, oh, Morn, he never shuts up. But whenever he's on screen, he never
0: says mm-hmm. anything. Fuck, such a great show. But urge and always urge, always the procreant urge of the world out of the, which means you want more, don't you? Out of the dimness, opposite equals advance, always substance and increase, always a knit of identity, always distinctions, always a breed of life. People just want to be seen. They're just like everybody, all individualists. This is like, oh, you bought a black Harley, so you're an individual like everybody else. Sure, as the most certain, sure. Plumb in their uprights. <laughs> Plumb in the uprights. Oh, you big balls. Well, <laughs> well and tiered. Braced in the beams. Oh, your hard dicks. Stout as a horse. Affectionate, haughty, electrical. I and this myself, here we stand. So he's saying, oh, you guys are all sort of full of yourself. And guess what? So am I. So he's making fun of everybody who's like saying they're individualists for bad mouthing the world. And he goes on and on and on. But you know what? So am I. Clear and sweet is my soul and clear and sweet is all that is not my soul. I'm, yes, I am beauty and I am evil as well. Lack one lacks both and the unseen is proved by the scene. Uh, yeah, right. The unproved is proved by the scene. Okay. He's just reiterating himself here till that becomes unseen receives proof in its turn. So you can't have good without bad. Really? Really? freaking Walt. What a line. <laughs> he's great here, but then he's dumb in other things. It's like you a- guys paying attention I, I'm writing your AP history I'm writing your AP literature stuff right in front of you <laughs> more or less yeah showing the best and dividing it from the worst age vexes age so the youth is confused by the old and the old confused by the youth knowing the perfect fitness and equanimity of things while they dis- while they discuss I am silent. I go bathe and ad- <laughs> i go bathe and admire myself <laughs> so while all the people are arguing with each other's i'm washing myself in front of a mirror and looking at my own dick <laughs> like this is what i think of all your of all your political discussion me and a mirror he's not even I, i'd rather do this than listen to you he's not even getting under the foreskin or anything mm-hmm. he's just sitting back and Full admiration, showing the best and dividing it from the worst age. I just said that uh, welcome is every organ and attribute of me and, and of any man heartily and clean. What is he saying there? Welcome is every organ and attribute of me and of any man hearty and clean, not an inch nor a particle of <laughs> not an inch nor a particle of an is vile and none shall be less familiar than the rest. Uh, it's, okay, so just check me out. Yeah. I'm not evil. Like this isn't evil. Like the human body isn't evil. Maybe it's more of a Puritan thing he's going at after like, you know. God makes no mistakes yeah. type of deal. Like the, he he, when he wants to go marching or like the naked bike thing sort of. It's Matto says the individual is nothing, but the collective doesn't witness and acknowledge the individual's individual. Well put, yeah. well put. My dick is as equal as a nose. Very well put. Um, I am satisfied. I see, dance, laugh, and sing. As God comes as loving, as God comes as a loving bedfellow, and sleeps at my side all night, and close on the peep of the day, and leaves for me baskets covered with white towels, bulging the house with their plenty. Shall I postpone my exception and realization and scream at the eyes and scream at my eyes that they turn from gazing after down the road and forthwith cipher and show me to ascent exactly the contents of one and exactly the contents of two and which is ahead. So God isn't really giving them fresh towels. It's just saying all this is provided for me. All the, like I wake in the morning and yes, God is there with me. I think he's using the parlance of our time. We we would, some other people would say mother earth is there with me. And, and as my day, everything is blessed as everything else. As I start my day, spin faster, says lots of phallic tones there. Yep. Good break. Strap in. There's more coming. Big time. Trippers and askers surround me. People I meet the effect upon my early life. Of the ward and the city i live of the nation the latest news discoveries inventions societies authors old and new my dinner my dress associates looks business he's listing things again isn't he compliments dues the real or fancied indifference of some man or woman i love the sickness of one of my folks more of myself or ill doing or loss or lack of money or desperations or uh, exaltations. He's getting to a, a, um, a predicate here, don't worry about uh, eventually. Um, they come to me days and nights and go from me again, but they are not the me myself. So the opinions, like, the opinions of others don't affect me. I recognize people come and go, but they're not me. Like the judgments of others are not myself.
1: Mm, that just makes me think that, you know, that click hole headline of heartbreaking. The worst person, you know, just made a great point. Uh, it's yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> Whitman, he's on point there, but it's also a thing where I cannot condone or sanction the buffoonery of yeah. look at me individualism.
0: Apart from the pulling and hauling stands, what I, Apart from the pulling and hauling stands what I am. stands amused, complacent, compassioning idle, unitary, looks down, is erect, bends an arm or an impalpable certain rest, looks with its side curved head, curious what will come next. So he's literally just doing this, uh-huh, as people are coming and going as he's watching people complain about things, as he's watching people perform for each other. I'm just like this, uh uh-huh. You know, maybe my dick's hard while I'm watching you do this. How do you like that, Buster? (laughs) How about it? Both in and out of the game. (laughs) Imagine if he just said, and you lost it. (laughs) You just lost the game. Oh. Uh, um, Watching and wondering at it, the game of life backward i see into my old days where i sweated through fog with linguists and contenders so he's looking like i used to be an academic i have no mockings or arguments i witness and wait so again it's like i'm just watching the world go by i'm just people watching here i believe you in my soul the other i am must not abuse itself to you and you must not be abased by the other. So, somebody wanting to talk politics with you, and he says, "I believe that you believe that." Oh, that's a pretty shit. It's like a shitty thing to say, but it's a way to like stop the argument. Um, I I believe my own things, but you must not be abased to it. You must not be offended by my beliefs. And then he invites the person he's like just mouthing off to. Uh, loaf with me on the grass. Say, Hey, come here. Sit down. Come here. Lose the stop from your throat. Will you shut up for a second? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Not words, not music or rhyme. I want, like, I don't want you to talk to me or sing to me or, or, or make you feel. Uh, don't try to impress me. You don't have to be on, no, nor custom or lecture, not even the best. Only the lull I like, the hum of your valved voice. You could keep talking, but I'm not listening. <laughs> I'm just hearing sounds from you. That's beautiful, isn't it? I'm not even listening to your words. I'm just listening to your sounds. Mind how we lay in June, such a transparent summer morning. You settled your head athwart my hips and gently turn over upon me. Why don't you put your head in my crotch, pal? <laughs> Keep talking while you do that. And pardon the shirt from my bosom bone and plunged your tongue to my bare script heart and reached till you felt my beard and reached till you held my feet. So he's saying, eh, feel, feel me up if you want. Or he could be speaking metaphorically. Just uh, I'm just fully taking in the words that you're saying as music swiftly arose and spread around me the peace and joy and knowledge that passed all in the heart and argument of the earth and i know that the hand of god is the elderest of my own and i know that the spirit of god is the eldest brother of my own and i know that the men ever born are also my brothers and the women and sisters and and the women my sisters and lovers Ugh. Uh, but essentially we're all part of a continuum of human consciousness yeah
1: and he's really privileging getting wanting to experience the essence of a person rather than the substance of what it is they're trying to convey
0: yeah are people still like we're not talking about cars anymore i'm just literally reading leaves of grass by walt whitman how many people are watching this 52. Oh, great. That's not a lot.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we've been going for over an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like it's something that will probably play well later when it's uploaded to like Spotify and iTunes and all okay. that place. So that on a long drive, you know, you're just getting uh, Mr. Regular reading leaves of grass, getting them some Whitman for that ass. Yeah. Didn't mean for nice that to rhyme. rhyme. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the kelson of the creation is love and the limitless are leaves stiff on droop or drooping in the fields and brown ants in their little wells beneath them and mossy scabs of the worm fence and heap stones and elder and mullen, and pokeweed. So all of the little detritus that's around us is all going on while you're just talking. Wah, wah, wah. So there's whole, there's like life and death all around us as we're sitting on, on the grass here. And uh, but you keep wanting to tell me about the issues of the day. Jess McAndrews says, "Can I hire you to sit in my living room, drink tea, and analyze literature while I apply to jobs? My focus is off the charts, and that's unusual for me." Oh, good. Um, I mean, it's the you have the right voice for it.
1: Oh, thanks. It's great,
0: and I mean, oh, thank you, Jess. Thank you for the donation. I appreciate it. Um.
1: W- What's interesting, I suppose, about Whitman in those moments is that he's trying to advocate for a form of connection that is irrespective of what a person is actually about mm-hmm. to their marrow, mm-hmm.
0: I suppose. Because also during, during the 1850s, we're, we're, we're deep into the Industrial Revolution at this time. And there is the, the move to cities beginning. Um, the automobile hasn't quite been invented yet, although there's steam power all over the place yeah um and we're also at the sort of ending like eighteen ninety was kind of the end of the frontier um in California yeah um, so at least the east coast you there was unfettered travel by rail around, so people thought it was like this is the beginning of the modern age um journey westward, yeah. And-
1: manifest destiny further taking its toll. And
0: hmm. a child said, what is the grass fetching it to me with full hands? How could I answer the child? I do not know what it is any more than he. Well, of course, the child wants an answer, but he's um, saying a child once asked me, well, what is grass? And trying to be overly philosophical is like I don't know any more than his, but yeah.
1: It's Mother Earth's hair.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess it must be the flag of my disappointment or the hopeful green stuff woven. Or I guess it is the handkerchief of the Lord, a scented gift and remembrancer. A <laughs> remembrancer, a dumb word. <laughs> Uh, Designly dropped, bearing the owner's name some way in the corners. Even though, like, a grass leaf doesn't really have corners. He's being cheeky there. That we may see and remark and say, "Whose?" Um, maybe this is the mark. Like again, beauty everywhere or I guess the grass itself is a child, the produced babe of vegetation, or I guess it's a uniform hieroglyphic, and it means spouting, sprouting alike in broad zones and narrow zones, growing among black folks as is white, Canuck, Tuckahoo, Congressman Cuff, I give them the same, I receive them the same, so, okay, maybe it doesn't mean anything.
1: Maybe oh, not. he's so
0: up his own ass.
1: But it's also why he's kind of endured because it's, it is, there's a bizarre clarity of purpose that doesn't always exist in the poetry of its time Yeah, where there isn't really subtext in the traditional sense. That's true. It's just all text.
0: Yeah. Is he, he's not trying to argue for any sort of point other than what is. Yeah. Um, so it's like jazz. It's like there's no real deeper meaning to this sort of music other than we're carrying it along. Or like moments in a marching band in between songs or before or after a performance where me and a bunch of other people's in a drum line or some other people from the battery come over and we're just playing a song. It has no meaning. Um, we're not practicing music. We're just it's just a jam session. So this is also what the guy's doing. What are you talking about? Grind grass has millions of corners within its cellular structure. Ah,
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. Yeah, I'm sure what women could be even more obnoxious. But again, that was criticism of leaves of grass at, at its time because it was overly sentimental, even for 1855. Because this is the very end of the romanticist movement. Like people were wanting something harder. Uh, Romanticist movement could be the very peak of hair metal or an an arena rock before before grunge brought it back. So romanticism could be, you know, your Van Halen and all that stuff and spandex and stuff. Rock and roll is all like big time, happy rock and roll until finally people had enough of it and they wanted the realism of grunge.
1: Yeah, or like Um, the Hollywood studio system versus the more cinema verite style of the 70s or you know you're getting into the gritty realism Mm -hmm. of life rather than the you know freaking vaseline sheen of hollywood we almost have that
0: now with like the marvel universe everything is bright it was fun for a while it's like there was like i know i know most of it was ledger but dark knight was so good
1: Well, I I mean, it's also structured like a crime movie rather than a superhero or a comic book movie. It's almost like, you know, it's a crime drama that just happens to have Batman in it.
0: Yeah. Whereas,
1: and and a lot of people liked the Batman for that same reason. I thought it was kind of slow and didn't need to be three hours, but whatever. It's the same deal more or less. It's a crime movie that just happens to have Batman in it. It's not as good as The Dark Knight, but it's good, Mm -hmm. you know? But mm, I just don't like Christian Bale's Batman. <laughs> hmm. I, I just, I just never really did. He's fine. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but I don't know. Hmm. It, it just doesn't do it for me.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. It is. He's not Christian Bale. Can't. It he isn't a big guy. Like he's not really jacked, and it, he. There are just aspects. And maybe he it. doesn't have the chin, the chin for it. The- maybe that's it. Like
1: you got you got to have <laughs> like the chin for Batman. Yeah. Like Ben Affleck never really had the chance to show what his Batman could do, but I feel like he at least cut a nice figure in yeah. the Batman cowl. Yeah. Um.
0: And George Clooney.
1: George Clooney <laughs> he smirked his way through Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he was the most smug Batman. It was hilarious. Yeah. Like I, I unironically love Batman. Batman Forever. Batman and Robin. Whatever is my nephew's like favorite Batman movie? Even mm-hmm. as he acknowledges that it's terrible mm-hmm. because he grew up with it. Batman Forever. I grew up with. And Val Kilmer's a great Batman to me because mm-hmm. he kind of nails that dichotomy or dichotomy between Batman and Bruce Wayne. But. It's also a thing where you know some people are better Bruce Waynes than they are Batman, and some Christian are. Christian Bale, better.
0: excellent Bruce Wayne.
1: Yeah, but his Batman is like, eh, you know. Mm. I guess I always had a problem in Dark Knight Rises
0: that he just kind of like fucks off. Was for Christian it, you know, Slater, or the, the original. Who am I thinking of? And like uh, the one with Danny DeVito in it.
1: Uh, oh, Batman Returns uh, with Michael Keaton and that was Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, okay, and yeah. Danny DeVito.
0: Fucking Danny DeVito is
1: amazing. Yeah, oh, he's amazing. I love that movie. Even as other people complain that it's not really all that good, but it's like the design of it is great. And, yeah. you know, they're using matte paintings to create this really gothic-looking got I always loved Tim Burton's Gotham. Yeah. Especially because he chose to set, like, Batman Returns during Christmas, so there was always, like, these snow-covered nice. tableaus. It's just, oh, yeah. so good.
0: Why couldn't Danny DeVito be Mario? <laughs> Well, i can't Why? i don't fucking, like he doesn't even have to put on a, an italian accent it's just danny devito he, it's like there's so many stuff he should have voiced over or at the very he, least let him be he should have been pikachu he would have been fucking Pikachu and the ryan reynolds not a bad choice but even though i didn't even see that movie no they did die yeah, but i mean it's a kid's movie but it's a
1: bit on the nose though if you're going to do ryan reynolds at least with danny devito there aren't many voice acting parts that i wouldn't recommend him for yeah. Because there's nothing that isn't instantly improved by the <laughs> incongruity of Danny DeVito yeah. in the role. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, it's dude. like he is so good; he's bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins. And as long as he's teaching uh, Arnie how to act, and Arnie, who said, "Like, yeah, it was Danny DeVito who really taught me how to act, yeah. how to how to how to use the screen, how to use the space."
1: Of course, because the guy eats up the space of whatever he's in, because he has to, he's like small. And to make his presence known and felt, you kind of got to do that. And so that even in movies where he's not really a big presence, he feels like one, like LA confidential. It's to the point where I, if I were, I would always Danny DeVito be the first person I think like live action, little mermaid coming out of (laughs) me. I don't know who flounder is, but it should be Danny DeVito, (laughs) (laughs) Danny fucking DeVito or, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting thing to have. Danny De, to live it, to be able to say you're alive at the same time as someone like Danny DeVito. Yeah, and then say that wait, you're not casting him in all the things. Yeah, if I were a Hollywood executive, so much of my he, money would be wasted. He's pain. in his
0: sixties, I think. Now we're running out of time.
1: We are running out of time. I think he's older than his 60s. I want to say he's, he's in like in his 70s, 70s or God something. To, it's to the point where like, I don't know how he still does It's Always Sunny. But then I realize his shooting days are probably not as intensive, especially now that they do f- like 10 episodes a year. Mm.
0: Um, uh, I kind of want to wrap this up. I mean, I can keep it. This is like a thing. I should just read books. It is almost two hours. Yeah,
1: it's a very good like format in a way because it's showing people that yes, while we do go for the occasional low hanging, oh, I say
0: 77 fruit. years old. Wow, shit, shit. Danny DeVito gets some.
1: I Keep am not ready it. to lose Danny DeVito. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. RIP Angela Lansbury, by yeah, because uh, I mean, I was never a murder she wrote person, but maybe I should be. Mm. Um, mm. yeah, it, it, mm. all right so that's a podcast
0: yeah i think that's a podcast yeah all right good read more i'm just gonna should i keep this this could be like a thing like we're not gonna do we're not gonna finish this until we're done with walt whitman yeah (laughs) or until people are sick of me reading walt whitman well fuck. you can spend like like five weeks talking about walt whitman in any sort of like college setting so
1: you absolutely could
0: all right I was just say Thursday afternoon readings with Re- yeah, Thursday afternoon readings.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, it's something where after Whitman you could easily do some Chaucer.
0: I got Emerson, I got Chaucer. See, I, I see we talk about postmodernism so much, but I think it's overdone now. Um, but I don't think you could really get into postmodernism until the people had a, a deep enough understanding of romanticism and modernism before we talk about uh, the rejection of it because because that was my mistake. And one of my mistakes in grad school, apart from not seeing a therapist, was just diving right into postmodernism, like the second semester of grad school before I met you and just trying to understand it without having the mattress of knowing what it comes from and like these books don't make sense. It's like it's not good writing. I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. And it's It's like, okay, well, when you're all done of when you're done with being good, be bad. And then eventually it has to come back around again. I still want to go to Omni Mart out in Vegas. Oh, Omega Mart. Omega Mart. Yeah. You. I would
1: love to go to Omega Mart. That place looks fantastic. And just the, you know, postmodernism of it all.
0: Yeah. This is the combination hype. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's not hyper realism. It's surrealist. Yeah. But that's wait, fuck, surrealism is modernism, isn't it? More or less. I mean, they are, they
1: have parallel ideologies. Yeah. You know, but I would almost see something like Omega Mart as more of a deconstruction of those, oh,
0: even better. Yeah.
1: Places of those spaces, I would imagine. It's almost like taking something mundane and creating a liminal space out of it. Yeah. So that you're, in between different phases of reality, and it becomes unreality
0: mm-hmm. almost. Sweet. Sweet. All right. That's a podcast. That uh, a podcast. Thank you for everybody. Thank you to everybody who donated a super chat we we'll spend your money wisely thank you to everybody who donates through our patreon you're helping our channel exist as a much larger channel than it really is thank you to everybody who participates in the giveaways uh that is funding our travel budget rcr australia can't wait for that probably 2024 um and also some more domestic travel uh uh within within the lower 48 mm-hmm. uh, between there um Thank you to everybody who tuned in to the podcast. We're trying to make them stand on their own. Thank you to everybody who listened to me talk about literature. We're going to be doing more of this. Absolutely. And of course, uh, thank you to everybody who tunes in on Monday. The video is up and ready to go. And I've got nothing to
1: add other than this will be on the usual channels tomorrow, like iTunes, Spotify, XYZ. Mm-hmm so thank you for joining us um
0: thank you for hanging out jess glad we could keep you company
1: yeah absolutely all right guys have a good afternoon Have have a good one guys